today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, we are discussing your feedback and whatever news comes out of this freaking quarantine. Oh my God. Oh man. I'm so lonely. <laughs> All that right for this ad we have no control over. <laughs> I can't help you with that loneliness. <laughs> Sorry. That's not true. You are helping uh, me with that. I am helping. I'm helping right now. You're right, right now in this very moment. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll, and I'm Jeff Randall. Jeff Randall, hit us with that five star review. That five star review, sir, came from Gavin Fry. Uh, by the way, I just got to say this one was not on iTunes. Uh, we uh, this this was one written directly to us and. And he just said, I, I don't have iTunes and I, I can't get it on Apple Podcasts or whatever. So I just wanted to let you know that I th- that I like you guys. So he sent us a five-star review just to our email. And I like that. That was very sweet of him. Thank you, Gavin. It says, I love this podcast. Best MCU podcast out there. And I always love how you have the perfect balance of MCU talks and talking about what kind of peanut butter you like. Hmm. I started that. Smiley face emoji. Yay. I absolutely love everything you guys do. And you make my quarantine survivable. Because if you weren't here, I would be gone insane long ago. <laughs> nice. Well, th- thank you, Gavin. We really appreciate that review. You're the best. We probably would have gone insane, too. No, yeah. This uh, this podcast is honestly keeping me sane. This one and, and Binger's and and star trek like the 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 stranded panda network is keeping keeping matt sane right now i i honestly i need this i need this outlet for human contact and for you know just discussing these things i love whoo it's it's been it's been a rough time i wanted to uh since it's the end of the month and i we've never done this before and i want to start especially as many as we got this month i was really happy a lot of people uh joined our patreon this month and so i just wanted to give you all a shout out uh Dylan Diggs, Russell Brill, Charlie Ward, uh, Matt Rich, and Andrew Youngblood are all our brand new patrons over on patreon.com slash mcucast, and I just wanted to say thank you guys so much. Um, we mentioned it last week, but almost every one of our um, our uh, shows on our network, the Stranded Panda Network, have been affected by all of this covid 19 stuff a lot of us are independent contractors and a lot of us work in the public and um are being shut down in it it, to one degree or another and so uh you know if if you've been considering being a patron patron this is a great time to do it because literally uh, (laughs) normally this is like all the money gets poured kind of back into the show and trying to advertise the show and get more try to find new listeners and try to make the show better. But this week you're literally helping your stranded pandas eat. Uh, so if you want to, uh, get some bamboo to your pandas, Oh man. Then, uh, then, then, you know, go over to patreoncom slash MCU cast. And there's also one for superhero ethics and for DC on screen. And those guys all would appreciate the support. Anybody that wants to support. Um, and, and also for our patrons, we're doing a special thing this week. We've been doing an altered carbon, a podcast on Bingers Assemble. Um, and we've been doing a Netflix party, which is a new thing, um, uh, where basically we all get to watch the show live together. It's called the Netflix party. It's a Chrome extension that you can get. And um, my, basically we all watch Netflix and are, it, at the same time we get to chat during it. And that's been really fun. Been a really, really fun thing. But I will warn you, the Altered Carbon is a very adult show. So if you're not, if you listen with children or if you are a child or if you... 
uh, are sensitive to sex and violence, maybe not the show for you. I didn't realize how adult it is, but it is very adult. So, yes, keep an eye on that. And so that uh, that Netflix party is only for the patrons, right? The, the Netflix party is. We are live streaming the episode. Uh, that we're recording right after it. So the Bingers episode. Yeah, the Bingers assemble gets streamed and that's for everybody, but the Netflix party is only for the patrons. Uh to thank them for their support, especially in this time. And 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 honestly we're trying to do the uh live stream and we're calling it a quarantine binge because everybody's binge everybody's quarantined and we're trying to provide some extra content for you guys and provide kind of a community to watch a cool show. I, I think that's a neat thing to do at this time. Like you we can all sit and watch Netflix for the next three weeks or whatever while we're in quarantine or three months or however long this lasts. Uh, but it's really nice to be able to do it and have a community around it and have after show content and everybody be able to write in feedback, kind of go at the same speed and talk about it. And it's just like sort of a water cooler show that we're doing every day. So I just think that's a really neat concept. Similar to what we do with the, um, Netflix Marvel shows as when we watch them, but, uh, this one is Alter Carbon on Netflix, and I I really love it. And if the quarantine persists, we're going to probably do The Boys after this. Oh, man. Yeah. So That's a good one, too. That is a good one. That one doesn't have a Netflix. It's not on Netflix, so we can't Netflix party it. But um, we'll we'll still maybe do a live stream or something. Yeah. There are other good uh, Netflix shows, though, if you want to do more parties. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's sure. a whole second season of Alter Carbon. Oh, no. We're, we're, that's the plan. The plan is to go through, all the way through. Oh, okay. Um, so gotcha. we've got 18 total episodes of Alter Carbon to finish. Uh, so uh, I don't know if we'll finish in time because I think we're doing Monday, Wednesday, Friday this week. So uh, we'll it'll take us three weeks to get through season one, and then maybe two or three weeks to get through season two. So yeah, hmm. I'm I'm just I'm loving Alter Carbon though. It is an amazing, well developed world. It's so good. Okay, so. We need to talk about MCU stuff. Yeah, let's dive into our very <laughs> paltry MCU news this week. Yeah, our two news stories that really aren't even news. So, <clears throat> there's there's a thing, right? Kevin Feige confirmed it. We already kind of talked about it briefly before uh, the cast. Thank you to the people watching on, on our stream. Um, the, the character in The Incredible Hulk that gave Banner his internet access and his his password that banner gave pizza to is the same character it's played by martin star he's the same character as the character played by martin star in spider-man far from home and spider-man homecoming uh it is this it's basically the grown-up version of that character in spider-man i love it i love that that's that i love that connection I, I we everybody knows i love my hot deep wet continuity and it is it is, <laughs> is all this over the carbon reference. <laughs> like I said, this podcast is not adult, not adult at all. Um, <laughs> the thing I like about jokes like that is if you're an adult, you get it. And if you're a child, if you don't get it, you don't get it is the point. You know what I mean? Like, yep. But see, now you're now you're giving up the game by having us talk about it. I'm oh, uh, sorry. Because <laughs> now there's some 10 year old who's now looking up what all that means. Um, good job, what Jeff. Is, <laughs> you know, 10 year olds are already looking up what that means way before they come listen to us. <laughs> uh, that's probably true these days. So, uh, it's a, it's a dark, dark, dark future we're in. Um, okay. 
Yeah, that's that's great. I, I really love that Kevin Feige confirmed this. It's just nice. It's just nice to have those connections. I mean, it's like the thing when they confirmed that the little boy in Iron Man 3 was Tom Holland Spider-Man. You know, like, it's just fun. I think you mean Iron Man 2. Oh, is that 2? Yeah, you're right. Yep. You are absolutely correct. At the... Uh, at the Expo. The Stark, Stark Expo. Expo. Yeah. You right. You right. <clears throat> I wrong. It's okay. I'm used to it by now. <laughs> Jeez. Dang. Oh, God. It's burning me such over acid here. today. It's burning me over here. Uh, uh, the, the other major thing that we need to talk about is this debate. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Iron Man 3. Yeah. I, lo- <laughs> I love that there's no Marvel news, but still Marvel's lighting the internet on fire this week. Yep. Yep. So everybody on Twitter and various other platforms, you know, cause it, it has spread like wildfire. Uh, they're having the same old debate that we've been having for years. Which movie is the worst MCU movie? And the, the, the fire is between Iron Man three and Thor two. And, and there's a clear winner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, obviously there obviously is. Obviously there is the one yeah. that drives the Infinity Saga let's, forward. Let's not let's not say which one we think it is because let's just agree that it's this. It's clearly there's one winner. Um, <laughs> no, I think. Do you really think this is Thor, a fight? Do you think Thor: <laughs> The Dark World is actually better than Iron Man Three? I like it more. So yes, <laughs> I just I don't even get it. I don't even understand <laughs> how you could feel that way. Like, we don't fight often, but we're about to fight. I don't know. We're about to fight. I told you this is going to start a fight. <laughs> this is like a, a news story designed to r- create a rift on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we got clickbaited, Matt. <laughs> we did get clickbaited. We, we got hosed. Uh, I bet this is a Russian bot. <laughs> <laughs> trying, to, trying to bring down the MCU cast. Yep. <laughs> specifically designed to target us. Yep. So clearly you like Thor the Dark World better, but I am a big Iron Man 3 guy. I love Iron Man 3. I think it's I think it's not only not the worst in the MCU, but it's it's like up there for me. It's pretty it's pretty high on my list of I mean, I love so many of them, but I I really love Iron Man 3. I just think it's a great outing in the Iron Man series and it's just a fun movie. I know a lot of people hate the Mandarin turn, but if you so is is that your main beef with Iron Man three? Give me your main beef. Is it is it the Mandarin turn? Well, that's what it started out as. But the and then the you just jumped on weird, the bandwagon and hated it for no reason. No, the the weird characterization of Tony Stark, uh, in my opinion, is the 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 bad part that I just cannot get over because Tony Stark is not a person who would have PTSD. He's not a person who would have panic attacks and anxiety from going to space and and having, you know, a fight with aliens. Man, I couldn't disagree with you more. Well, right now, you don't read comics, he, Matt. He is, well, no, <laughs> you're exactly. So so both of your problems are the fact that it doesn't line up with the comic book version that you want it to line up with. It has nothing to do with how good that movie is. You just reveals your cards, Jeff. When every other point of the character, every other facet of him and his life are straight out of the comic books and perfectly match up, and then you have this one thing that is just a huge change for him, that's not, that's not good. That's bad characterization. That's not growth. You're hurting the character. 
have him grow in a different way. Tony Stark grows by making more stuff and 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 hitting the bottle. That's always oh, yeah. his that thing. Sounds, that sounds great. Just build more suits? That's your answer? No. Like, And that's what he does in this movie, by the way. Iron Man 3 is him building lots of suits. But the whole point is to give him flaws so that he can grow through them. Like, you, you, I understand what you're saying, that you don't think he would respond and have PTSD. But the point is, the point of... I think it's exactly what you should do when you adapt a comic book to a movie. You have to make the characters more human so that they are believable on screen. And the Tony Stark that... We see in Iron Man 1 and 2 who thinks he can handle everything, even uh, up until he's about to die because he's letting his heart uh, poison him. Like that That is a guy who thinks he can handle everything that comes after him. And the beauty of Iron Man 3 is that in Avengers, he was finally faced with something that he was like, this is bigger than me and maybe I'm not perfect. And that's what's so beautiful about it. But he doesn't learn from it at all. No, it's... It's tragic. No, that's that's what's so beautiful is it's it's a tragedy. He does learn from it, but he doesn't learn what he should learn, which is I'm not perfect. He he tries to make himself better. He tries to build an AI to protect the world. He, he outstrips, he outpunches his weight class. You know, instead of like being like I need to start relying on others, I need to it's a Iron Man 3 is about him dealing with the immediate PTSD, but but all the other movies continue that same course where he is constantly trying to panic and learn the lessons from the last movie, and it's making him mess up in the next movie. And I that, that's what I love about it. In, in, in Ultron, because he's so scared and he doesn't think he can do it himself, he used to say, no one can, should control this Iron Man suit but me. I am Iron Man. And then in, in, in Age of Ultron, he's built tons of AI bots that are out there doing part of his job. He's still under control, but then he's like, well, I'm not good enough. He starts to realize he's not good enough, but instead of like deciding to rely on a team like he did in Avengers. He decides to build an AI to tackle the problem because he still believes that his brain can get him out of this. And he builds an AI and that AI becomes Ultron. And then, and then after that, he decides still not to rely on a team, but he realizes I'm not good enough. No one's good enough. I need to just cede my power to the government. And it's just this this pro- beautiful progression of Tony Stark's character, and I just think it's flawless. And I just think Iron Man three is a huge talk about moving the the story forward. Uh, uh, you talk about moving the uh, Infinity Saga forward, but this moves Tony Stark's story forward and immediately interacts with the next movie, which is Ultron. It moved him forward and then immediately jumped him back. He ended Iron Man 3 saying, I'm not building anymore, I'm done. He blew them all up, and that was it. He was done with it. But then, in Ultron, he's right back to building. He completely ignored the growth from Iron Man 3. I I agree, and I think one of the flaws, and I don't think it's a flaw with Iron Man 3, one of the flaws in the Iron Man character is they don't address that immediately. They should have, for, for us fans, they absolutely should have addressed that in Ultron, uh, why is he back? They should have had a conversation. That conversation he has in Endgame, I believe it is. Is it Infinity War or Endgame? Where he has a conversation. It's Infinity War. He has a conversation with Pepper about uh, how he, you know, he thought he was he thought he was done, but then Hydra and then Ultron and then da 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 da, and he and he just it kept pulling him back in. Civil War. Oh, is it Civil War? Okay, sorry. Yeah. Um, 
Yes. Yeah, so he has that conversation with Pepper. That conversation should have been in Ultron because we needed to know why is he even Iron Man again? Because it, they don't explain it at all. Yep. Yep. And honestly, the easy the easy thing to do would be to say addiction because he's an addictive person. He's got that addictive personality. He's addicted to the suit. And, you know, they, they did try to put that on him, but they didn't do it. They didn't really characterize it in, in a good way in Iron Man 3. All it was, all it seemed like he was doing was just trying to build more, build more, build more to have an army of suits instead of saying that he was like, he was addicted to trying to perfect it. He was addicted to this idea of perfecting the suit, which is what I would script Dr. Iron Man 3 to be. Yeah. No, I I, th- I think that's not a bad idea, but I, I honestly think that's there. I think that's that's exactly there. That's why it ends where it does. It ends with him blowing up his suits because he's giving up his addiction. Like I I don't think that's a rewrite. I think that's in the text. Like I think it's he he is choosing his suits over everything else in his life, and it even at one point almost hurts Pepper because he's he hasn't yep. considered Pepper enough, and he's choosing the suits over her. And that's the whole point of that movie. And then when he blows up the suits, it's supposed to be this victory where he gave up his addiction. Uh, I think. Yeah, but then he picks it right back up. I agree. But that's not a problem with Iron Man 3, though. Mm. That's a problem with Ultron, and that's a problem with planning, and that's a problem with, like, I mean, you know, as much as we love Feige, and we can talk about how wonderful Feige is, and he did this great thing this week connecting these characters, uh, they should have done a better job explaining why he was Iron Man in, in Age of Ultron. I agree with that. So, what's your uh, what's your your reasoning for Thor: The Dark World being the worst? Um, I think there's. I don't think it moves any character stories forward. Okay. That's the main thing. And and I will say this is. It's, I think it's wasted potential. Uh, and, and particularly uh, Chris Eccleston being the villain and then never having anything to do that really bothered me, which uh, admittedly is partially just my love for Doctor Who and particularly his Doctor Who. Um, but it, it's the classic villain problem, you know, uh, and I do, I do think I always say I don't mind when they uh, don't characterize the villains. But to me, that's mostly in a first outing in this movie. Uh, you already know who Thor is. You know who Loki is. And so they decided to build the story on Loki and Thor instead of making it about um, the, the, the dark elves. Really? The story is about Loki and Thor kind of learning to work together and then Loki dying. And then it's just a big battle. Like that's, that's the, and, and the problem is if that's the movie, I want that to be the movie, but then then he shows up in the last reel as Odin and that, like there's no character growth for Loki. It seemed the whole movie spends its time growing the character of Loki and, and, and growing Loki and Thor's relationship. And then it just craps on it at the end. And so everything that movie does to move the characters forward, like sure it introduces the Aether, but who cares? You could have that red stone be anywhere uh, as they, as they proved with like the, the whatever the, um, the, Vormir, the soul stone. Vormir, yeah. Well, the soul stone, but also the um, the power stone. When they when they just have it, they, they didn't even have to collect it. They just have it at the at the at Infinity War, you know. Um, and sure, it's it it's explained, but like whatever. Like the the collecting of the stones <laughs> should not be the primary 
thing you're doing. Each of your movies, as we've talked about tons lately with Bingers Assemble, each of your movies should have something to do with the characters and what they're doing. And Thor is the same character at the end of that movie. He's just sad because he lost his brother. And everything he learned about his brother was bullshit, right? Like... <laughs> That entire thing. So that's that's why character is why I don't like Thor the Dark World because they chose to do another movie where they focused on the heroes instead of the villains. So the Dark Elves mean nothing. And then um, they I feel kind of like Natalie Portman's little horseshoe into the plot, which I felt in Thor 1. Uh, his, his, love, his love for her character never made much sense to me in, in Thor 1. That was my biggest problem with it. And then that continues. Yep. The death of Frigga is really sad, and that's a really nice character moment, but like, it's not really the focus. It, he's more worried about his girlfriend, it feels like. I, I, just, I just feel like that movie uh, doesn't do much for Thor's character. It doesn't do anything for Loki's character. Um, doesn't do anything for... Uh, Natalie Portman's character, who I can't remember, Jane. Um, uh, you, you'll need to remember her. She's uh, going to be a big deal in Love and Thunder. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm, I, you know, it just I just think that that movie makes doesn't doesn't do anything for the characters, and and yeah. that's what I care about. It's unfortunate that it it took them as long as it did. It took them until Endgame to really make the uh, the the mom moment there pay off. Yeah. And have him interact with his mom and and. Really tear out your heart. Agreed. And show it to you. Agreed. And and you said yourself, your biggest problem with Iron Man three is the fact that it doesn't characterize an addiction. But part of that is because you say that it's you're you're blaming it on the fact that he goes right back to the suits. Like that's that's a big part of it. But that happens in another movie. Like the movie itself is as a snapshot is a picture of addiction and it ends well. This movie inside of the movie undercuts itself completely by having Loki show up in the end. Like the whole thing is about the brothers learning to trust each other and fight side by side when they need to, and that they actually do care about each other. And then he's like, Nope, I'm a, I'm the trickster God, <laughs> which is, which is fine. That's because he's the trickster guy. I know that's his character. <laughs> but, but like, if that's going to be his character, that needed to be a side moment, not the main moment of the movie. The only thing I think about positively in that movie is the scene between Loki and Thor when Loki saves Thor's life and sacrifices himself for Thor. That's a beautiful moment. And it is the motivation for the movie. It's like, it's like uh, if in Avengers, Coulson died and then they just bring him back. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. <laughs> 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 that's only exactly what happened <laughs> um <laughs> so we talk about uh we're talking about this uh and luckily katie rose button over on our um MCU cast chat group on Facebook. Uh, we have a group over there it's MCU cast chat uh, if you search that you should be able to find it um I will also, I'll try to post a link to it on our Facebook page for MCU cast, which is facebook.com slash MCU cast. Um, but anyway, she posted on there this, uh, this, well, first Ashley actually posted, which of these two movies is worst, uh, Thor, the dark world, Iron Man three or peanut butter. Um, I'm sure peanut butter ran away with it. Um, but, uh, <laughs> and I, I actually, I, I thought the dark world won, but then, uh, even, even more interestingly to me, Katie Rose button then posted all of the MCU movies, which I applaud you. I applaud you, Katie Rose, because you actually typed all the movies out and added them as options. And that's pretty cool. Um, so we actually got a ranking of 
what movie, what MCU film is the worst? And um, the the some of them didn't, a lot of them didn't get a vote at all. But uh, we do have votes. We have one vote for Iron Man two. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have two votes for Spider Man Far From Home. Like these people, uh, particularly Spider Man Far From Home. I want to interview those two people. I want to know why they think that. Because these other ones, I at least understand. I don't understand Spider From Home being your your your, your bottom pitch. Uh, I should message those two people and ask them why. <laughs> you know, in the uh, in the comments, there was a little bit of a discussion on that uh, specifically. Oh yeah, in that. Spider-Man in both of his movies, in Far From Home and and Homecoming, uh, in both of his movies, he was just caught in the middle of uh, people hating Tony Stark, or people, uh, you know, dealing with Tony Stark fallout. He he never got to deal with his own issues and his own um, his own villains and his own story. Really, hmm. he's just kind of run off from Iron Man. Yeah, I think that's true. I think that's obviously that's a marketing thing because they're tying Tony Stark to the story in a way that he's like inseparable from, you know, the Spider-Man story because he's the most popular character. They wanted to make sure he's in there. But uh, I wouldn't say that's a problem for me. Obviously, I don't feel that way, but um, I I get where they're coming from. That Spider-Man hasn't had his own journey yet. Um, I do think that, I mean, to me, that's just how the world works. Like, People deal with the world their parents give them, which he's in for all intents and purposes is like superhero father. <laughs> yeah. Um, people deal with the world their parents give them and then they have to uh, sort of build their own world, which the funny thing is, no matter what, this next movie that comes out is going to be a response to all this other stuff that happened in the last movie. So forever he's going to be dealing with these same issues. You know, it's never going to be purely his bad guy because, uh, probably he's going to be facing off with people because of the death of Mysterio and Mysterio was directly tied to Tony Stark. So it's always going to be like when he faces off with the sinister six, which I'm thinking is going to happen sooner than later. It's going to be because they're after him because of these, all these villains that are after him because of Tony Stark. It's a sins of the father story, which I, I don't mind. Yeah, but it's a sins of the father twice kind of thing. Uh, yeah, that's, that's true. Um, how did Tony Stark relate to Vulture exactly? I mean, we know the damage control. All of the stuff that Vulture had was, was Stark tech. And it was all, uh, because like Vulture or the Adrian Toomes company was doing cleanup. Yeah. I thought it was alien tech, uh, from the, from the Chitauri. The Avengers were in that battle, but I didn't think it was all Stark tech. Well, no, it was, it was Stark tech and alien tech. But the the main thing that that made it a Tony problem is that the the directive that pushed Toombs's company out of being the cleanup guys were uh, was damage control, and that was a, a Stark directive. Was it was that in the movie or is that yeah in the comics? at the beginning of the movie? Okay, I thought that was a, I thought that was a government thing. Like I thought that was a Shield related thing. But that was a, a Stark funded program. Okay. Interesting. And, uh, clean up after them. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, and obviously, uh, you do get a lot of Stark in that movie with uh, Happy, uh, Happy being all over that movie. But uh, Tony was also just there. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. I just <laughs> <laughs> that that is true. I just he mean, did this thing called a little living, like in the final battle and everything. Like you've still got Happy there in the plane and stuff, or, or loading the plane. I don't know. There's just a lot of Stark in that movie. But yeah, obviously, yes, the actual Stark. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's fi- Ant-Man and the Wasp, 
uh, got two votes. I get that. Uh, this is again for worst MCU movie. I I, I don't agree, agree it's the worst, but I I get where they're coming from. I think it's on the lower tier for me. Yeah, I guess so. Um, it when all of these other movies are being you know so grandiose and so big, so expansive, and, and just telling such great stories to have Ant Man and the Wasp come along and be so small and so personal, and and seemingly disconnected from everything else might hmm. be a little bit jarring. Yeah. And kind of put you off from it. I say that you should go and watch it again. I, I do think it's good. I just, I, I don't think it's as, it's not as epic as a lot of the other things, which isn't its fault. I think they do have, they have to restart. They have to start making us care about new characters and they're doing their best to do that. But they started so well with Iron Man and Cap um, and Thor and Loki and, yeah. um, Incredible Hulk was a little bit of a misfire as, as, as uh, evidenced on this list. Cause I feel like the, our listeners are good, good gauges. They are connoisseurs of this, uh, of this stuff. So I'm interested <laughs> in what they have to say more than I am the general internet. Honestly, um, Iron Man three, uh, got 10 votes for Iron Man three. Yep. Um, which, you know, that's, that's fine. Whatever, whatever you guys, whatever, um, <laughs> <laughs> Incredible Hulk actually pulled out above Iron Man three in our in our listing with seventeen votes for Iron Man three. And I'm sorry, Jeff, but Thor: The Dark World got forty nine votes. Yeah, no, I I know a lot of people don't like it. It's a very personal thing for me oh, yeah, liking it more than Iron Man three. Um, totally understand. But you know, you, you it's love a personal Thor. thing. You love Thor, and I get it. I don't. I don't fault you for that. I just. I just think it's a worse movie. Um, and I just. And, and I just love Iron Man three. Everybody hates on Iron Man three, and I just think it's so good. I just. I just really love. It's so stylistic and fun, and the the music and the. It's just. I just think it's great. But I understand its departure. But that's kind of what I like about it. Um, anyway, uh, I that that that's our news. <laughs> <laughs> quote unquote news all right well we got it we got a uh, i think uh i think we got the episode matt and jeff fight about iron man 3 and thor uh two uh yeah i mean this is the uh <laughs> this is the the dress being blue and black or white and gold mm-hmm. kind of thing yeah and and it's just I, yeah as soon as i saw that i was like oh yeah me and jeff are going to disagree on that one <laughs> and that that i appreciate the good conversation jeff yeah, yeah. I I don't think that uh that Thor 2 is the worst. Um I am also not certain that Iron Man 3 is the worst. I'm glad that the other um the other one came up with all of the movies in it cuz then we got to have a discussion about that. Yeah, I agree. I really appreciate that uh that being dropped on the Facebook group. Um, I, I just really love the, our Facebook group. Honestly, I just, yeah. I, it's like, I, I, if when I'm busy, I don't get a chance to comment as much as I want, but like, it, that's, what's so great is, um, I feel like we built a community on this podcast, uh, of people that are similarly minded to us and have, are able to have conversations about things they disagree about and not really fight and just have fun, good, good, clean fun. And I, I enjoy it a lot. It's been, uh, especially right now I'm trapped. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm more stranded of a panda than usual. So stranditor, stranditor panders. No, you're a stranditor panda than usual. <laughs> yeah, but strand, stranditor panditor.com. 
Um, That's not the website. <laughs> Nobody go there. <laughs> One of the things, though, that I, I feel like I need to say about Ant-Man and the Wasp, in, in just to circle back on that, sure. is that with with the villain, the antagonist, so to speak, it, it, I wouldn't even call it a villain. The, the antagonist in Ant-Man and the Wasp in Ghost and, and having... Um, not Morpheus, man. <laughs> <laughs> Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne, his character, Bill Foster. Good Lord. Having Bill Foster and, and Ghost working together to kind of try to fix her physical you know, condition uh, and having them not die and not even have to have like a big knockdown drag out fight between, you know, everybody in this, in this huge throng, but just having, having them have that emotional uh, discussion and tie and, and this emotional appeal to Hank to say like, please help me help her. And Hank's like, yes, I'll help you help her, but in a different way that doesn't kill my wife. And having that kind of, uh, that kind of resolution to that conflict is so much better than just a, a slug fest. I love it so much. Mm. Yeah, totally agree. I knew you would. I just I feel like it needed to be said. Yeah, it's it's a it's, it's a great else. it's a great ending of that movie. And you're right. I, I hadn't really thought about how it doesn't have the big set piece action at the end. It's more. It is a much more um, touching moment at the end. Well, my friend, we have a sponsor today for this here podcast. Yeah, this here podcast is sponsored by Harry's. Oh, yeah. Harry's. Are they helping you uh, during your quarantine, keeping your beard in check? They're helping me in two ways during my quarantine, my friend. They're keeping this beard in check, and they're also keeping me at home because they deliver my razors directly to my door, you know? Yeah. So our copy may seem a little bit insensitive. It might have been written before the outbreak. Yeah, right. It's a big part of Harry's that you don't have to leave the house, but it's kind of funny because now none of us can leave the house. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of required of us to not leave the house. Uh, better for it, though, because according to what we've got here, Harry's knows sometimes it's better to stay inside. That's why they ship directly to you, so you can experience the quality of a Harry's shave in just a few days from the convenience of your own home. Mm, the convenience of your own home. The only convenience we experience these days. <laughs> I'm okay. All right. <clears throat> All right. All right. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> you can join the 10 million who have already tried Harry's by claiming your special trial. You got to go to harrys.com slash MCU podcast just for our listeners. Harry's is a return to the essentials. Quality, durable blades at a fair price. Just $2 per blade. They've cut out the middleman. They're manufacturing blades in their German blade factory that's been honing precision blades for a century. Uh, that means that you get incredibly high-quality blades at factory direct prices. Their refills are delivered directly to your door, on your schedule, with or without a subscription. Uh, you've got a 100% quality guarantee. If you don't love your shave, you let them know, they'll give you a full refund. And 1% of the proceeds are set aside for nonprofit organizations devoted to helping provide access to better health care for men and veterans. That part is important. That is, that is very important. Man, you know what? I got to say, thank you to our veterans. Thank you to our service members right now. This COVID thing, man, I'm very thankful for the, the work they do out there, like for real people, not, not just our veterans, but also like all the people who are doing essential jobs, all the way down to our grocery employees right now that are just like, 
making sure I have food on the table. It's insane. And so I, I really appreciate that Harry's does this and, uh, and it supports our veterans who have done what they can to keep us safe. Absolutely. Uh, listeners of our show can redeem their Harry's trial set at harrys.com slash MCU podcast. You'll get a bulleted list that is weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip. Five blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade. Rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated. And a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go for when you do need to go somewhere. But please don't go unless you need to. Come on, man. Yeah. Stay safe at home. Stay safe. Don't travel much. This travel thing, though, it will be wonderful one day. <laughs> it's, it's a very nice travel case that you will be very thankful for when we can all travel again. So go to harrys.com slash MCU podcast to start shaving better today. Do it. Now that we're done talking movie uh, fight. Movie fight. <laughs> movie fight. Uh, James Hewing says, UK is now officially in lockdown. Thank God Disney Plus is released tomorrow. Is this all part of the mouse's plan? <laughs> Obviously, yes. Oh, yeah, for sure. This uh, COVID was released by Disney um, to get us all to Whoa. stay home and and watch oh uh, watch more Disney Plus. You are creating a new We Got This Covered clickbait title. Conspiracy with theory, that, yeah. With that sentence. <laughs> yeah, man. It's for sure conspiracy theory uh no it is funny and and i get it it's because we're all at home so all the streaming services are ramping up their uh, ads because they're like well you're all home watch our stuff instead of the other guy's stuff um but it's just so funny i've seen so many disney plus ads in the last few days of quarantine so much so much it's true it's true and you know honestly we probably need to be watching disney plus so that we can show disney that you know we're here we want black widow just put it on on somewhere for us to get it please yeah yeah no i want to see black widow for sure and we might get it but i, I kind of doubt it I, I don't know i just don't know i think it's too big for them to release on on digital like straight to digital yeah, or I do. Straight to streaming, unless unless they see a success with other uh, with other things. Mm. Uh, okay, uh, what's our next feedback? All right, next thing, Skylar Roach said, "Adams, you cast. What if Modok has something to do with Taskmaster, or Taskmaster is from the future and starts the intro for X Men and Fox characters to be introduced to the MCU, like Cable introducing Cyclops or Hope Summers, Avengers versus X Men lead up." Hmm. I, I both of those sound great to me. I don't know how Modok, at least the MCU Modok, uh, currently that we have, uh, in in at least the he is kind of Modok in Agents of Shield. There is a Modok character, uh, but I, I have a feeling they they never actually call him that for the they call him uh, by the acronym or whatever, but they don't call him Modok uh, for that reason. I think they want to keep it open, but they do. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't know how he would relate, and I think that I think they're going to try to keep this movie, with the exception of introducing maybe a few new characters like Red Guardian and Iron Maiden, um, and possibly New Black Widow. Uh, I think they're going to try to keep this movie pretty contained. What do you think, Jeff? Um, I don't think that they're going to introduce any 
uh, huge driving force. Because uh, this, in my opinion, I think from what I'm seeing, this movie is the the Black Widow movie is supposed to simply tell us more about her character, where she came from, and how that past is constantly haunting her. I don't think that it's going to be a movie designed to bring in any huge overarching story or villain or uh, any any real giant um, themes or or characters that yeah. or even races that are like that are going to be a big thing. I'm I'm honestly I'm probably I'm thinking that we're probably not even going to see any scrolls in here. Right. I think that I agree with you. I think they'll focus on the smaller story to to give Black Widow the send off she deserves because she didn't even get a funeral. You know what I mean? In Endgame, like yeah. I think they're going to really try to give her the uh, sort of send off she deserves. And by introducing too much else, I think that would be a mistake. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Alright, uh, next up, Brian Keegan said, Hey guys, so I decided to turn this quarantine into a Marvel rewatch party. Nice. I have a very important question. In Captain America the First Avenger, Bucky dies by falling out of the train. At the same moment, they capture Zola. So when did Zola have time to capture Bucky and experiment on him, turning him into the Winter Soldier? Uh, well... It said in uh, in in the Winter Soldier, the movie, they say that the experimentation he did on him in the camps when he was in the POW camps is what allowed him to survive the fall. So I think that that's when the experimentation started was when he was in the POW camp and Cap saved his life. Uh, but I think that after that, Hydra got a hold of him and then through them, Zola got to work on him more. But the main thing, the main answer there is during his POW days is where he first got experimented on by Zola. Good call. Good call. Uh, Robert Vogel said, watching Spider-Man Homecoming tonight, and I think I solved the mystery of where the shield Old Cap gave away came from. Uh, when Happy is going over the list of everything going on the plane, that's leaving Avengers Tower. Uh, one of the things he says is the prototype for Cap's new shield. So the original shield was there all along, and Cap was running with a new one. It sounds pretty plausible, and a lot more plausible than he went back in time and stole it from here or there, and another one magically appeared. But Robert, then we don't get to see old man Cap. (laughs) But Robert, don't burst my balloon with your logic. Don't, I want to see old man Cap. Don't take this from me. Don't take it from me. Uh, no, uh, I think this is actually a really good call, and if you think about it, that movie happens uh, that movie, uh, Spider-Man Far, uh, Homecoming, it happens at the same time as this movie does in the timeline. So it's very possible that if, especially uh, if, well, I guess they didn't successfully uh, take down that plane, but if that plane, if any of the contents of that plane did slip out, it's it would be very easy for Taskmaster to hold it. Although, now that I'm thinking about it, doesn't he have the shield on the bridge, which we think is at the beginning of the movie? Or like, we think that's we know she has the red hair, so we think that's prior to her leaving that area. Yeah, well, it, the the scene on the bridge looks a lot like, or at least we're led to believe it's in the past. Yeah, by the by, the, it's hard to it's hard to know. Like when she was leaving the red room. That is a great point as to where there there there, there might be a second shield. Like once they're introduced to Wakanda, and uh, you know Tony would want to improve on the design of his father and improve the design of the shield, so. That's very possible. Yep. I think it's so great, though, that at the end, you know, in Endgame, at the end of the whole thing, 
when Tony shows up, he gives Cap the shield. It's, you know, his dad gave him the shield, and then he gives Cap the shield. And he's just like, don't don't make it weird. Don't don't talk about it. Just take this. Yep. I, I don't have one for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't bring it up for the class. Yep. I love that. Uh, Such a great... Oh, man. The end game is so freaking good. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, you know, there have been there have been people that tried to tell me that Endgame was not a great movie because for some reason or other they were like it you know it 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 relies so heavily on so many other things and it isn't a great standalone movie i'm like it's not supposed to be it's it's literally the culmination of all of it and they're like yeah "Yeah, but it doesn't like they have some weird reasoning that I can't seem to follow because I like it's breaking my brain to even consider that Endgame was in any way less than the best ever. Yeah, it really. Yeah, if I mean, if you're, it was made for us though. That's the thing. So anyone that doesn't like it, it's not that they're wrong. It just wasn't made for them. It was made for us, the people that just love the MCU and know every part of it. You know. Yeah, you're not wrong. It's just not your movie. Yeah. Stop watching my movie. Go away. <laughs> no, no, no. Keep watching it because that's how they afford to make it. Um, oh, right. Okay. Enjoy it as much as you enjoy it, but you don't have to say it's the best movie ever, but in my mind, it pretty much is. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, Reina Caraveo said to us, hi guys, I have a random question that popped into my head the other day. In Guardians 1, Star-Lord tells Gamora he had his Walkman on him when he left Earth. And at the end of the film, Nova Prime says your mother was from earth so peter quill clearly knows he's from earth so why in infinity war in one of the best scenes ever after dr strange asks quill what master does he serve and he says what am i supposed to say jesus and tony says you're from earth and quill responds i'm not from earth i'm from missouri i'm just curious yeah i think uh fully i think it was just for the joke um but my head canon here is that it was a joke that like his granddad would say or something like that. You know what I mean? Like I could totally see someone being like, I'm not from America. I'm from Texas. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it yeah. totally seems yeah. like a granddad kind of joke. And he had that granddad that was real, a big part of his life and his, in his early life. That's my head canon for that. Is that like, that's a joke he used to know, but honestly the way I'm just reading it, the reading and reading the message again, I was like, Oh yeah, I guess that does kind of sound like, uh, like he didn't actually know he was from Earth, but I think I'm I'm gonna have to believe it was a joke. Yeah, I mean, I don't know though. In Guardians Two, at the beginning of it, when he was talking to the um, the the gold people, God, I can't even remember the name. It's collective. I don't, I don't know. No, I don't remember. Uh, the gold people, they stole the uh, the Harbulary batteries. <laughs> That's a Drax joke. Anyway, he was talking to them and, and said that he was from Missouri, uh, and he didn't specify Earth. That's funny. So maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. And maybe when she says that, he pretends to know what she's talking about because that also fits his character. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he forgot. <laughs> he is kind of airheaded. Yeah. Well, no. Just like your mother was from Earth, and he's like, yeah, Earth, right, Earth. Totally. Mm. Like you know, he just like pretends to know what they're talking about because he is used to navigating such situations where he doesn't know what people are talking about yeah that's fair <laughs> <laughs> he he did have such an incredulous face or not a cr- incredulous uh, uh 
like a, a an offended face when Stark says you're from Earth. He's he just he had that like how dare you say that about me? I'm from Missouri. Yeah, which uh, to me that sounds like a grandpa joke. But it I, could be. Yeah, yeah I don't but know. it was right in the middle of the of the whole like why is Gamora thing? Yeah. That doesn't, I mean, you know, you know how j- some jokes are like you ask people how they're doing and they're like, uh, living the dream. It's just like one of those things you say, you know what I'm saying? I think everybody is always serious when they're doing that. <laughs> are you trying to tell me that everyone is not living the dream right now? Well, it's not even that they're not living the dream. It's like they'd say that out of so they've said it so many times. They just always say it. And so maybe someone's just used to saying uh, saying maybe it's something he's just used to saying. Anyway, I, that's my best head cannon. But the truth mm-hmm. is, like, if that's like what they said, if he meant all those things, yeah, it's just a little bit of a inconsistency there for sure. Yeah, sorry, Matt's head cannon can't fix this one. I think my head cannon did okay. It did all right, head, but Adam, I'm mast, not convinced. The masked head cannon Avenger did all, did all right with this one. <laughs> You're not wearing a mask. How do you know? Uh, I need to talk to you about the cameras in your house. Oh. Well, I've got cameras in my house right now, and you can see my mask if you want to. Would you like, <laughs> to, would you like to see my mask, Jeff? Please put your mask away. I'm going to turn on my camera. Don't do it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> anyway, Stephanie Beslin said, Who else has been coaching friends and family through a Marvel movie marathon right now? I just had a third person text me a pic of a watch order and ask me if it was right, to which I promptly responded with my own list. So let's talk about it, because I can't remember if we have before. What is the proper watch order chronologically? Like, this is my list I send people because I personally believe it's the best, even though I've yet to see this exact order on any graphic that's going around. Please excuse my inconsistency with the sequel subtitling. This is just how I refer to them. Uh, yeah, I, uh... I uh, I think you're wrong, Stephanie. Um, okay. <laughs> no, no. Her her watch order is um, in chronological in the events of the movie order, which I have seen done before. And there's even there's even a there's a there's a thing that goes around the internet on how to watch them in order by watching every scene in order. So like you start with the very first scene from uh, Thor two, Thor two, and then you jump to Thor one. I think the beginning of that movie. Um, and then, I, by the way, have you looked at the camera? Cause I, I, I turned on my camera for you so you could see my mask. No, I didn't. Oh, I didn't you're, think, you're really, care. you're really missing out. Um, okay. <laughs> I hope the live stream's enjoying my mask. Oh, <laughs> oh, good. I got a panda cat costume. Um, okay. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so yeah, no, I, I think that the best way to watch them is in the release order personally, but a fun way to watch them is exactly how Stephanie watched is talking about with Captain America, uh, then Captain Marvel, then Iron Man, then Hulk, then Iron Man two. Like it's kind of fun to do them that way. I, I, I totally get it, but I think that, um, you know, like first of, for instance, Captain Marvel just doesn't mean the same thing when you don't know who Nick Fury is, you know? So, yeah, so I just true. I, I I personally would watch them in release order if I'm if I'm giving people actual advice on how to watch them. Yeah, I haven't really given advice on what order to watch the uh, the movies. What I've given is what are the super important ones? Like what are the most important ones to watch leading up to yeah uh, leading up to Endgame? 
Yeah. I was trying to figure out the, you know, the most important ones to watch. And it's really difficult to be like, to leave out any of them. <laughs> yeah. It's like you going by like importance is, is, you know, obviously you need the ones where the infinity zones are. Um, if you're leading into infinity war and Endgame. Um, but then you've got to deal with like, is Thor two really important because it's got an infinity stone? Probably not. Yeah, I would say no, but I personally still like it. I, I would say like the character stuff is more important just to know who the characters are and where they are, where the aether came from. I don't think actually matters in the, like, you know, the long run of like watching those saga movies. Yeah. But as for order, I would say release order, right? Do you agree with that? Release order. Yeah. yeah. I would go release, release order. order. But, but you know, it's fun. It's fun to do them the other way. Um, and like I said, I, that thing that's online somewhere where you can like literally watch every minute of the movie in order, that's pretty oh, crazy. Yeah, the, uh, the super, what is it? Not super script. Super cut. It's like, it's like a super cut, just kind of thrown together and, yeah. and chopped up in the right way. But especially that, if you're like not a you don't care about these movies. They're so insane to watch them that way. It's just not, not a good way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we had Kyle Ray say, Hey guys, just got through a rewatch of Endgame during the funeral scene for Tony. The camera pans over all of the characters ultimately landing on fury because we discover that fury has been impersonated by a scrawl and far from home. We know that the fury we see at the funeral isn't really fury. Therefore the director of shield never truly got to pay respects or say goodbye to his friend and first recruit for about five minutes. When I realized this, it was a dark time in my home. LOL, just kidding, but still a bum realization. Do we know that? I don't think we know that. I think it's possible that that is not him. Uh, we just know at the end of is it, mm. far from home, he's out in space. Is that right? Am, am I, I'm not wrong on that, right? Yeah. Far from home. We know he's out in space, but that's, yeah. a, that's a little while later. And it's very possible, like, we don't know how hard it is to get back to Earth from wherever he is. Uh, it's very possible he came home just for the funeral, you know? Or it's possible that he left in between those two moments. Right? Yeah. I mean, it could very easily be that he left uh, He left Earth, like, in response to that, to, to start building. Because, you know, Stark was the one that was always building to face the threats that no one else can face on Earth, right? Right. So... Maybe he uh, he left the planet to go and and start building you know off world things to try to be a you know a more forward shield. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. So next up, Lori Gill said, "I've been watching all the Avenger movies again, and all I can think of now is how I bet they get a lot of chiropractic sessions." <laughs> <laughs> How the hell they survive getting kicked around by Thanos and not having broken bones and cracked skulls and backs. Yep, that is fair. Lori is correct. They're super people. So uh, some of them are of super it. people. Yeah, well, you know, Hawkeye doesn't really get kicked around much, if you look at it. And uh, Widow doesn't, well, uh, Widow, Widow kind of gets kicked, Widow kicked, around, gets kicked around a whole lot. Yeah, yeah, she's used to it. It's fine. Yeah. She's tough. She'll bounce back. Lori's right. It's a it's a it's a chiropractor. There's an in-house chiropractor at 
Stark Tower, <laughs> Avengers Tower. I mean, there has to be. Yeah, think for sure. of, think about this, Matt. Think back, think back, harken back, if you will, to the 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 street fight in the Winter Soldier. You remember when Cap gets knocked off of the bridge and into the bus, such that he crashes into the bus from like a forty foot high freeway overpass. Yeah. I don't and remember that. Somehow survives. Yeah. Uh, but he's Cap. Cap's Cap is the one that's really believable. And then Stark is wearing the suit that's protecting him most of the time when he gets kicked through things. But most and, and of course Hulk has his own thing going on. Um but everybody else, yeah, they'd be having problems. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, Mm. I'm tr- I'm just trying to think like all the moments that didn't make any damn sense. Like anytime Thor gets kicked around, it's whatever. It's Thor. He's a god. Yeah. Uh, the Hulk, same way. But like Tony Stark, when you know he hits the ground in his suit. Yeah, I've got to assume the suit has some sort of um, inertial dampeners or whatever. Like Star Trek, T- you know, <laughs> like whatever technology he has to create. I, he's he. That's the thing. He's Iron Man, so I'm going to give him that he's Iron Man. You know what I mean? His his guts don't have inertial dampening, though. No, that's what inertial dampeners do, man. In yeah. Star Trek, they just keep all that inertia from uh, <laughs> causing problems. <laughs> totally. Totally. I'm just saying I'm okay with that. It's his superpower to be Iron Man and be able to do that stuff, so I'm willing to give him that much. Yeah, we'll give him benefit of it out there. It's it's when stuff happens that he's not in the suit. That's when you're like, mm, yep, you're like a 50-year-old man. You'd be really hurt right now. <laughs> I like that in uh, in the X movies, the, the Quicksilver character there like puts his hand uh, on the back of their head and is like, I'm protecting you from whiplash. Yeah, I love that. Which I love honestly, that he does that, but it, yeah. their guts are still not going to be designed to take that. No, for sure. And how fast he moves as well. Like, you're not talking about whiplash. You're talking about ripping their head off. Like, uh, <laughs> you, you, you would rip their, you'd still like rip their spine out of their bodies to go that fast as Quicksilver does. But it's a fun little moment when he says, I got to protect your neck. Yep. Whiplash. Uh, let's see. Nathaniel Muzzy said, Onward is great, especially if you play D&D. Cool. Have you seen it yet? I have not. I need to. I keep I keep meaning to just, just to support uh, the MCU possibly come into streaming, uh, but I have not seen Onward yet. But uh, it, it looks good. looks good. I've been told that uh, Pratt's character is me, like <laughs> through and through me. Like they probably... Uh, took me, uh, like, maybe studied me for a while, and then put that into a character. That's funny. That's funny. Well, Frank Hogan said, hey, guys, I wanted to chime in on a few things from Infinity War. Would Vision technically be immune to the erasing uh, since he isn't a biological organism? Because if he gets erased, then half the robots or toasters in the universe should be affected as well. Hmm. What do you think? Uh... It doesn't matter. He was already dead. Yes, I think that is that is true. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I, yeah, it's a moot question because he's dead, and I think that's part of you know part of the thing there. But like, uh, I don't know. It just depends on how the snap works. Does it work that all life or all life that consumes? Because it seems like it's based on consumption, right? 
So he's still consuming power, if nothing else. I mean, maybe. I, I guess maybe he's just, uh, maybe he's solar powered. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, he's supposed to be solar powered in, like, in the comics. It was a solar gem uh, that they replaced the mine, or with, they replaced with the Mind Stone. Um, but I think the question could be there if we assume, or if we, if we want to do the thought uh, experiment on, like, what if Shuri had actually gotten the Mind Stone out of Vision and he was able to join the fight? Um, you know, would he, would he have gone away with the Mind Stone being taken in Thanos snapping? Um, I think that he still would have been eligible because the process that created him, like he's, he's this quote unquote synthesoid, right? <clears throat> but the process that created him, uh, is supposed to be creating organic matter and then had vibranium infused into it. Uh, and that was, that was in age of Ultron. They specifically said that. Um, so I think that, I think that he would have been an organic being. I don't know that he necessarily consumes, though. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, because he the, says in the answer to this is we have no idea. But it's it's like it really just is a fun thought, I guess. Yeah, fun fun thought experiment, as you said. He does say in Civil War that he's never eaten anything before. Oh, that's funny. Because he was trying to cook um, paprikash, chicken paprikash, for Wanda. Duh. So because he's so sweet. Too. So cute, those two. <laughs> oh, man, I'm really looking forward to WandaVision. I'm, it's really unfortunate that it got delayed. Me, Yeah, me too. Me too, 100%. Um, okay, uh, well, it is, that's all our feedback. Let's okay. talk about any uh this chat uh i pulled a couple of the chat things into our feedback doc here so it's a uh, if you if you're in the chat and you want to drop something you want us to add talk about right now in this very moment live with you guys on the cast uh do that and also um, i'm making the uh phone number visible so uh yeah if you are watching the cast and you want to call in be on the show. Uh, you can do that, or we can just talk about these different things. Stephen Bennett says, why are you guys skipping Deadpool on Bender's Assemble? We answered this on the Bender's Assemble episode as well. Someone else had asked the same thing. Um, well, uh, basically, I totally get it. It, it. He says it's killing his OCD. I totally get it. Uh, basically, the original reason we were skipping it is because we didn't have time to cover it, to get, like, we had the idea for Bender's Assemble and got it developed in time to get through the, the, the main course of movies. Uh, but since Deadpool is technically in the universe, but doesn't really have any strong connections and because we're going to want to cover it when Deadpool three comes out, uh, that's kind of our reasoning. Uh, yeah. but the main reasoning was just don't, we just didn't have time. Uh, and honestly, Deadpool, like the Deadpool movies are not part of the overall plot of the X-Men franchise. Yeah. So to speak, Agreed. they're not, they're not part of the main thrust of story. Yeah, I, I think that's true. So that all of those reasons, uh, that's why we we decided to skip it. But the, again, the main thrust was we had to get done in a certain amount of time and uh, to get it done before New Mutants came out. And now New Mutants is no longer coming out. So uh, depending on what happens over the next few weeks with the quarantine and with New Mutants, we may or may not get a chance to cover Deadpool before New Mutants comes out. In which case, we will have all those all those watched all those available but we'll probably try to do it as its own sort of deadpool watch be just because it's so different and so not involved in the main storyline 
Yeah, I think that's something that we can talk about off cast, um, just to or off stream or whatever, uh, just to maybe put a different intro into it. Uh, to say that it's a, a in the run up to Deadpool, no wait, New Mutants, no wait, Deadpool, or whatever, you know, whenever the release comes out. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, so sick with it. Eighty seven said, "I don't think Iron Man three was bad. Just pissed a lot of people off with the whole Mandarin thing, and I'm one of them." Yes. Yeah. I I think I am exactly with. Uh, stick with it 87 on this one. Uh, I think that people just didn't like that there's that they did something different and that gave them the reason to hate. And then once they hated it, they were all over trying to think of other reasons. And I just don't think there's that many reasons to hate on that movie. I think it's a really good movie. I think that it didn't need to happen around Christmas. It would have been a perfect July 4th movie. Hmm. Uh, I, I, yeah, it doesn't. I get I the reason I would say it had to need to happen around Christmas is because those snow scenes of him dragging the suit are so awesome. They're so beautiful. It, I mean, he could have been dragging it through mud. Yeah, but that, that's my point. It's beautiful. It's art. It, it, I just think I think that's art. I think it's really good art uh, what they eh. do with, with with him and Iron Man. Mm. Three. Just nah. just just yeah. love it fireworks he he promised fireworks you don't do fireworks on christmas he you do fireworks on the fourth of july iron patriot rebranding iron patriot and the the red white and blue color scheme is the perfect july 4th thing damn it (laughs) yeah i hear you i hear you there's some things you'd like to do you'd like different but i i I think i'll cover that I think we'll talk about that on on Script Doctors whenever yeah. we get that off the ground. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sick with it eighty seven also said I think Black Widow being on Disney Plus is inevitable, much like Thanos. If the virus gets worse, uh, which appears to be going that way in the states, but I think they're trying to avoid it because they know doing something like that will be the end of going to the movies. Streaming movies from home, or just streaming, period, is where the entertainment industry is going, but are trying to avoid for some reason. Hmm. Yeah, it's like anything else. It's entrenched um, entrenched interests that have been doing it one way for so long that they finally... Uh, they they don't want to change because they're scared it'll mess up their money. And the truth is, it probably will, because if people can watch it at home, it's not the event that it is in the theater. They they don't they haven't yet cracked how to make an event at your house. So yeah, and you know there's there's an experience that goes along with that. You know that the whole going to the movie and and you know getting to sit in the in the comfy seats that recline or you know and and the huge screen and the crazy good audio like that that stuff doesn't exist at home for most people you know it's it is it is an experience to be had and there's something to be said for that you know you're you're selling that experience i don't know that it necessarily has to have the price tag that it has now but that's beside the point yeah yeah i agree uh and i th- i mean i do like obviously a movie like Endgame. Are we at peak movie? This is a good question. Like, you know, Endgame, me and you say, is probably one of the best movies of all time, partially because of what it's built on. Um, but is it, will we ever see a movie like that again? Because if we do start moving towards streaming and, and the money dries up a little bit, 
then we're going to be in a situation where like, will they have the money to make something that epic ever again? And I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, it's, that's a, that's a tough question. I think that the, uh, the, the main thing that would, that, that would have to help that is, you know, reeling the stories in and bringing them to be smaller and more, you know, more personal. I don't think that if they go streaming now, like if they go full streaming service, we would not get another Endgame style movie for a while, yeah. for a long time. If ever, if ever, because the only way that movie is funded, at least currently, unless they figure out a way to fund it, and that they're trying, I'm sure there's everyone in, this is, you know, necessity is the mother of invention. This is the time where they might actually try to solve that problem. We have a necessity now. Yeah. Assemble. <laughs> Necessitators <laughs> assemble. <laughs> what? It's more like facilitators. But hey, my facilitators assemble. All right. Well, that is our podcast for today, I think. Uh, we have, I think there's no more, uh, no more chats and no one's calling in. So we're going to call it. Uh, thank you for the, uh, thank you for joining us today. We're the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Hit us up at mcucast.com, at mcucast on all the Facebooks and Twitters and Instas and things. We'll talk to you soon. Peace. Until next time, true believers. Thank you.